Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. There are just so many good things happening right now uh, for us, our, the ministry here. Uh, so many great stories that we're hearing uh, from people. Um, being in life group, uh, coming to church, experiencing the presence of God that ultimately, come on, it, uh, the word is good, the, the, the community is great, but, but when we begin to develop this desire to listen to the Holy Spirit, that's when a lot of changes happen in our life because we all have things that we don't want to do, places we don't want to go, you know what I'm saying, things that we don't want to give up, we all have that. And so what happens is, you know, a lot of times God's journey of freedom in our life is not to do it the way you prescribe. He will, he will do it different. He will do it different. And, and I think that for us, we are seeing so many good things happening in, in people's lives. And it's my hope that you would allow the Father to continue to minister to areas in your life and that he would continue to touch your life. You know, it, it's so easy to get discouraged um, in, in life when, when life gets hard and, and maybe you're in a season where you're like, you're just like winning. I'm like, I couldn't be any better. You know, I mean, the score is like 75 to zero. You know, it's like, I'm tired of touchdowns. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and then maybe it's a little different and, it, and it's in those times that we can be tempted to believe that we are all alone and that nobody cares. And, and if we're going to keep it just 100% real, those hard moments even sometimes make us question, does God care? Does he see what we're going through? Does he know what's going on? Does he know, like, that, like and, and it can be... Uh, it can vacillate. You know, it can be like um, sickness and an issue, or it can just be a kind of a where we feel like our purpose is a little hindered right now. And it's like, you know, I'm just kind of gutting through and I'm just kind of moving forward, but I'm really internally frustrated that whatever it is hasn't manifested yet. We wanted the child, we wanted the baby, we wanted the house, we wanted the ministry, we wanted the, the whatever it is. It just, it hasn't happened happened yet and so we're kind of like yes we're waiting on God but then what happens is when we, it doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to happen sometimes our belief begins to erode and we serve God because he's right but it's not right internally in us you know um I think it's when those tough moments happen. It's like realities just like slap us in the face. And you know, and, and then it occurs when plans fail or when relationships break or when tragedy happens. It's tough to deal with where was God and does God care? And I want you to know that I, I didn't come to speak to everybody today. I, I came to speak to somebody who is in the middle of, of this. And I don't know where you're at, but maybe you've been struggling to identify who God really is. And, and today, I, I want to just take some time, and I want you to know that you're in a very safe place. And here is what I know, that when you seek Him, come on somebody, you're going to find Him. 
when you seek him you're going to find him and we are starting a new series called believe believe and my assignment today is this that God cares that we would leave here knowing that God cares and, and that when we're coming against a mountain that we don't feel like we can climb maybe because we don't have the energy you know what I'm mean? I, I could have climbed that mountain a couple months ago but now I'm just like <laughs> heck no <laughs> I'm done I'm gonna camp right here we're gonna wait I'm gonna wait and I'm just gonna like let erosion happen <laughs> you know and I'm not really in the in the vein of like climbing this mountain and, and, and so we find ourselves in places where we inadvertently get stuck. Yeah. We get stuck. And so here is my one thought that I want to give you, and I'm going to say it over and over again. I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. I just want you to leave with this thought. And this thought is this. What you believe about God will determine your relationship with God. What you believe about God will determine, come on, your relationship with God. If you have, and, and, and listen, listen, I'm going to use uh, the word misguided, but based on our past, based on our background, based on the information that we received, it's very easy to be misguided in our relationship with God, and we, we, we tend to... Um, you know, define God in ways that he's not defined. And so for us, what I believe about God, come on, determines my relationship with God. And, and this is true in every relationship. Come on, if I believe that my wife thinks that I am funny, smart, bright, strong, leader, safe uh, <laughs> then I'm going like, come on then I'm going to be drawn to her does that make sense yeah. and, and it's naturally we're naturally going to come together and she is a relationship that I would value among any other right. now here's the thing there's a little ring that been and so but if I believe something else if I, if I believe that she um, doesn't think all those things, okay, she does. But, but, uh, but, uh, but if at least she doesn't, then what that will do is that will begin to erode our relationship. Come on, let's talk about friendships. Let's talk about friendships. Let's just talk about people that we connect. There, there's this law, and it's called the law of attraction. And you, you want to be around people who think you're awesome. And that doesn't mean that you can't be challenged. But when you're hanging out with someone, and um, it's very much... Uh, uh, when you when you go and hang out with them, they're supportive. They 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 they're excited about your life. They're excited that you're winning. They're excited. They want you to to increase. Come on, they they're excited when you make it. When when you hurt, they hurt. Come on, and you feel like there's this little bit of like they're for me. Then come on, let's go to lunch. Yeah. Let's go eat. But when you go out with people who come on. It's, it, it, they want to go out or they want to hang out and you feel like every time we go out it's, it's critical they they're they're maneuvering the conversation to get to what you're not good at come on you you know they can't wait to 
to, well, I mean, just, we're just talking, but they can't wait till, to get you alone so they can tell you how to fix the church. How to really do, and before you know it, they're like, well, I don't know why we're not as connected. <laughs> uh, in everything, when people become critical. Yeah. The, now, you're not, you're not hearing me say that godly, life-giving relationships don't challenge. Right. But you know what I'm talking about. It's like going into a relationship where you, you can't, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to be enough. Come on, that's a relationship that you're going to step back from, right. and, and you're not, you're not going to engage in that. And so what happens is, if we believe that about God, then we really won't pray. We really won't read his word. We really won't be around the body of believers. We really won't do. And we'll kind of love him because it's right. But in us, come on, it isn't right. And I, and I want to talk about this. My point, again, is what you believe about God will determine your relationship with him. There was a book written not too long ago. And, and in this book, it, it was called America's Four Gods. And it was written by uh, Baylor University scholars, um, Paul Forsay and Christopher Batter. And, and they wrote and they interviewed countless people. And they went through uh, Baylor's, um, uh, uh, they went through uh, uh, Baylor, uh, their religious survey. They interviewed uh, countless, they did national studies. They interviewed countless people. And, and as they did this, they realized that 95% of Americans believe in God. The, the issue was that they all believed in a different God. And so they came up with these four basic concepts and views of God that people had. And, and the first one was this, the authoritative God, who is like a literal father, who is both engaged and, and a, a positive force in the world that judges the behaviors of mankind, uh, that suffering can be a result of social and individual sin, the benevolent God, that God is mainly a force for good in the world, um, a being who answers the prayers of individuals and comforts suffering. The, the third was the critical God. The God. This God is less likely to be concerned about our individual lives, and, and he is more apt to judge you and condemn you based on what you've done. And the fourth is the distant God. Um, God is this cosmic force that um, has set the laws of motion in play, and then he is not involved until the day of your judgment. And so these are these four views of God. And, and, and here's what I want to say is what you believe about God, come on, will determine, listen, your relationship with God. And so I want to walk through what we believe God to be and and let me just tell you what we believe God to be is a good father that God is good and so I'm going to describe this here today but God is good and a lot of us when we think about good it's very subjective and and and, and here's why it's subjective because most of our life good is answered by how it benefits us 
or good is um, esteemed by measuring only the short term. So let's talk about this just real quick. We're going to unpack this idea. Is, is if we only uh, define good as how it affects us, then what happens is we may attribute some moments to the Lord, but really our faith is about us because we esteem us. And so I will serve God based on what you do for me because I am the center of attention and how everything affects self determines if you're good or not. Does that make sense? And so here's the deal. That is a wrong worldview. That's a wrong philosophy. Also, let's talk about short term. Well, I said a prayer and it immediately didn't get answered. And so we see that God is in the long game all the time. You know, we start in Genesis and end in Revelations, and it didn't happen like in 35 seconds. You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen as you bring around uh, your car and order a Big Mac. It, 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 it was a little longer than that. And so as we look at this, here, here is the thought, how it affects me. If God is only good based on how it affects us, then here's what happens. Uh, the goal is happiness. The goal is happiness. And, and, and let me just tell you this, is that God is not interested in your happiness. He's interested in your wholeness. And so there are things that God, if you pray for and God grants them, they may make you happy. Come on, in the short term. But in the long term, you will continually be broken and not healed and not whole. Does that make sense? Anybody, got, anybody, anybody do life with children? I, I don't know about you, but it's amazing how many times our kids run up to us and say, Daddy, can I have the vegetables first? In that accent, they do that all the time. It's kind of just came out. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all ever do that? Where it's just like all of a sudden, what happened? I don't know. Roll with it. Like, kids have this insatiable desire to be pleased in the short term. They don't want to go visit their cousins four months from now. They got that. I, I don't want, does that make sense? Everything is now, everything is today, and if you love me, you would grant my request, and you would let me know right now that I can have what I want, and God, I will esteem your goodness if you give me, come on somebody, what I want today. So send Avengers Endgame now. Nobody wants to wait for the next Star Wars until May. Now. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to wait and develop the mentality to take care of a budget. I want someone to bless me with a meal right now. Come on, I don't want to change my health. I just want to be healed and grab that, you know, gut bomb and keep eating it. I don't want, come on, help me. And so what happens is we have this distorted view of if God is good, but it's based on how we, come on, define goodness. 
And I'm just saying that if we continue in that thought, then we will always end up on the wrong definition of who God is. And we will have a list of all the things that God did not do for us. Or we have all the petitions and all the thoughts. Pastor says that God answers prayers, but yet, you know, I prayed for, for this and I prayed for that and I prayed for this. So God must not be good because he didn't give me what I want. Okay, that, that's, that's a fic, fictional character and that's called Santa. God ain't Santa. Come on, help me, help me. And so we're just talking a little bit. I want to walk through a verse that, that I think represents God's goodness in the midst of our own depravity. And I think that you can define, have anybody ever had a, a really good conversation when you were really struggling? This is exactly what you needed. Someone came up and gave you that arm, gave you that encouraging. Like, you feel terrible. You, you're, you feel like you're totally blown it. You feel like you can't measure up. You feel like you're totally, you know what I'm saying? And then someone comes up and speaks life into you, and you're just like, I love you. <laughs> You've made the Christmas list. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, look at this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. And, and we're going to talk just a little bit about this. Now, as I get into this story, um, uh, let me set it up for you so that we don't have to read all of it. But um, God creates man, puts man in the garden, and then he creates Eve. And God brings Eve to Adam in the garden. And this is the first family, okay? This is the very first family, and we see how God wants to deal relationally with people. So let me just tell you, God is not a distant God. He is a relational God. God has always wanted a relationship with his people. He created a garden so that he could walk with men in the cool of the day. All throughout the Bible, you see God taking strategic steps to get closer to man. Okay? So he's not distant. He, he created the garden, and now he's Adam and Eve are in the garden. They have a responsibility to name the animals, and this life is going. Come on, envision little house on the prairie with nothing. Okay, all right, this, this is how it is. Okay, now let's look. So, so Eve and the serpent, which we know to be the enemy, the devil, um, deceives Eve. She then um, is complicit in helping Adam, and they both together go and take the forbidden fruit. That's what it's, it's called. Uh, people always want to know, well, was it, what was it? Because I, I won't eat that. Um, I love the fact that God didn't mention what type of fruit it was because for each of us, it is different. For each of us, it's different. Church, religious people will go, okay, if God's against apples, we won't have them. You know what I'm saying? And, and so the reason that we don't know what type of fruit it was is because there is something that God is not wanting you to eat or touch or be around. And if you do, it will destroy, come on, you. Okay, all right. So here is this moment. They have eaten the fruit. And, and now the presence of God comes in after this moment. And they heard the sound, uh, Genesis 3, verse 8, I'm sorry. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool. Now, at this point, so let's back up just a little bit. Um, I'm not trying to jerk the wheel. I'm just wanting to get us there mentally. So at this point, before they ate the fruit that caused an issue, what the issue was that they ate the fruit and instantly they knew that they were naked and they began to see through fleshly eyes. Okay, so that's the issue. But up to this point, they had only known of God's goodness, right? From what they knew is that God created the place that they got to live. God provided food for them to eat. And there was something for them to thrive, live. And they had everything they needed, listen, to create family, to, to increase. They had everything that they needed. So God, in their mind, was very good. But then what happened is they went against what God had set up. And in life, come on, we all have boundaries. There are boundaries. Boundaries are not bad. I know that we have people in the world that if there's a boundary, they want to tear it down. And I think that we as a society are now dealing with boundaries that we've torn down. Come on. And... And, and, and so what happens is um, they now change their view of God because of the choices that they've made. Now look at this. And they heard uh, and walking with, in the garden in the cool of the day. And man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. And oh, 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 listen, listen. I meet so many people who were going through life hiding. They're hiding. They're hiding. They're hiding who they're called to be. They're hiding what God wants. They're hiding because of a choice, because of a choice that was made to them, because of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. What happens is they're hiding, and God is, we see the loving Father. We, I, don't, I don't read a principle, and there was thunderous footprints, and lightning was in his hand, and he called to man. What? is going on you stupid i mean i don't i don't hear that does that make sense but yet that's how people feel because shame and guilt will always make you hide it distorts reality come on listen and it changes what you believe it changes what you believe about the church it changes what you believe about people it changes what you believe about God and so what happens is hurt and shame if it was yours if you got if experienced it maybe you did everything right but someone else's flesh hurt and shame come on is causing you to hide because in some way you believe that's the attribute of God come on but that's not the attribute of God look at what it look look at this look at this um, but God said and called the man and said where are you like you this is not normal where are you come on where are you you know, when you're driving in your truck tomorrow, when you're driving in your car, when you're getting ready, when you're stopping at that light, come on, I pray that you hear in the moment of your running, that you hear the presence of God go, where are you? Dustin, where are you? Frank, where are you? Adam, where are you? Ben, where are you? Eric, where are you? Joel, where are you? Where, 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 where are you?
Ginger, where are you? I'm driving. Uh, I'm going to General Dollar. They got a sale on a bag of ice. Come on, listen, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that God had a place. God had a place that he had established before the foundations of the earth that he wanted Adam to be, but Adam was running away from it because his belief, come on somebody, was wrong. He was running away because his belief was wrong. His belief was, I've messed up too much. I've done too much. I've missed my window. I should have never done that. God should have created somebody else. He should have grabbed that other piece of dust and not this piece. I don't know why. We always know the better the better soils over there when God showed me where he took me I knew at that moment that wasn't the best place come on you hear me look at this but the Lord called a man and said where are you and he said I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself And he said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Who has been speaking to you? What lies have been plaguing you that has changed what you believe? And because it was a, a pastor, a church, a life group, or whatever that hurt you, now you have adopted, come on, a worldview that's not God's. Who told you that? Who told you you could never? Who told you that this? Who told you that you would never do that? Who told you that marriage would never? Who, told, who, who has been speaking to you? Because now here's what has happened. You have made a choice to listen to the lesser than me. You've lived, you're listening to the created. When I'm the creator... And you can still, this is the crazy thing, you can still be in the garden and have the wrong thoughts. You can still be in the church, come on somebody, and think totally wrong. You can even be in a life group and still show up five times in a row and feel like nobody likes you because the voice that you're listening to is more real, come on, than what you believe. See, when we talk about framework, I, I don't know if I really want to do that. Because every time I get into, you know, and so you start thinking, every time you get connected to a church, they hurt you. I don't want to do a life group because as soon as I, get, as soon as I make friends, something's going to happen. You know how it is. And the, come on. The lie. The lie was keeping Adam, come on, from the presence of the healer. Yes. Look at this. I was naked. 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? What have you been eating? What have you been feeding on? 
What are the voices, come on, in your circle that have been talking to you? Because here's the deal. I know you've been eating something different because your actions are now running away from the presence. Come on, somebody. And so now I remember when I used to go to church and I couldn't wait for the first song. Woo, that's my jam. Watch what happened. Watch, uh, uh, watch the spirit going to move today. And then all of a sudden, hurts happen. Things happen. We get heaviness. We, we change our circle and now ah, you want to go I don't know I want to go you want to go I don't know I want to go probably going to talk about the same thing yeah Jesus <laughs> never really changes <laughs> open the Bible and they talk we'll just listen to the podcast come on and before we know it, come on, there was a time in some of our lives when we were front row people. Woo! I'm telling you, I can't wait. But at life, hurts, rejection, real stuff moves us back. Come on, help me. I, I know I'm not, I'm not, I know, I know this is nobody here. Uh, all right, here we go. Listen to this. The man said, <laughs> I still do this. Uh, the woman that you gave me. <laughs> uh, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. <laughs> Listen, if we're really going to dissect who messed up here. I never ate that fruit until showed up you remember I had perfect attendance for the walk sessions I've never missed a one and then oh girl shows up she just led me down the path here's what was being said that inadvertently he didn't say is you're not good You're not good. You messed up. You hurt me. And you gave me something that gave me wrong wisdom or feedback or whatever. You sent me, you sent me to that church. You sent me to that life group. You sent me to that business. You, I thought that was the door that you were opening up. Come on, come on. And it didn't turn out the way I thought. So. It's on you, big guy. Big guy. Big guy. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Listen. They hid themselves because of shame. They were exposed and they feared God's response. And church, you're never going to thrive if you fear God's response. We cannot fear God's response. Come on, this is a life-giving ministry. It's a life-giving church. God wants to do something in your life. And I want you to see three things real quick that God does. The first of all, he loves. He loves people. God loves. That's the first thing that he does. He loves. Where are you? I know what has happened. I don't need you to tell me what you did. I'm trying to let you know I care more about where you are. Come on, somebody. Than what you did. Yes. 
It's about where you're supposed to be. Just because you messed up and you feel unworthy, your worth has never deteriorated, ever. And so God is like, I, <laughs> like I want you here because here's who you were created to be. And this is the calling of God on your life. And so you're running because you're listening to the wrong voice. I love you. My desire for relationship is bigger than your offense. My desire, come on, for relationship with you is bigger than the offense that you have had. When I blow it, God calls to me. Come on. God cares when you blow it, when you mess up, when you quit, when you get offended, when you become critical. Come on, all of those things that happen when you push yourself back from the table and you disengage. God is lovingly through other channels and people in your life calling you back to the presence and back to the place that God has for you. My wrong does not stop my worth. The second thing he does is he gives truth. He gives truth. Did you eat from where I told you not to eat? Accountability. Here's what we're trying to say. Many of us want the love of God, but we don't want the accountability of God. But it is the accountability of God that causes us to be aware of where our heart really is. You cannot serve God with love only. That's why love covers a multitude of sin, but truth will set you free. If God did not say, where did you eat? Then here's the thing, is Adam would have, in his own mind, come up with the excuse and allowed that excuse to perpetuate his brokenness. Instead, he had to say, where did you eat? Who are you listening to? Let's not be ignorant of the issues that are causing us to run away from his presence. Come on. We cannot be ignorant. I don't want anybody to tell me the truth. Well, the truth is, there's a calling on your life. The truth is, God's got more for you. But if you're going to walk in that, you're going to have to get over this, 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 this. That's the truth. That's the truth. It doesn't mean you're bad. It means you're human. Listen. Listen. There are, and and I love this, I love this, because as we, if we're going to keep in reading, it would say that God um, clothed him, and and that God clothed, clothed, sacrificed an animal, and clothed both Adam and Eve, but then he put an angel up to guard the entrance of the garden. And I think this is the key for us. If we're going to grow, here is where what God said in his truth. The truth is we need to identify what you ate. We need to identify, listen, um, we need to identify uh, who you're listening to. And then there are some places that you cannot go back to. For us, come on, there are some places that you may not get to go back to. 
Come on. The places that you may not get. What is the place that brings shame and brings temptation? Come on. Because you can't go back there. Yes, there's a lot of great things there. But now you can't go back there. So maybe I have to give my wife the debit card because I'm learning to be responsible. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It means that I'm tempted to swipe when I should be saving. Come on, help me. See, there's places that I don't go back to. The internet's great for a lot of people, but it may not be great for you. Social media may be great for a bunch of people, but it may not be great for you. See, what perpetuates, come on, listen to what I'm saying, the wrong voice in your life, what perpetuates shame and guilt and frustration, and I know everybody has Netflix, but maybe not you. It's not because it's legalistic. Come on, help me. We're not talking about legalism. There may be places that I can't go anymore, and God sets that boundary so that you will be restored and be free. Come on, help me. Everybody may be able to listen to you too. But that music and connection took you somewhere in a relationship. Come on. And so streets have no name is a different meaning for you. Come on, somebody. Than it is for me. And I'm just like, I want to run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like exercising. You know, but, but, but like you, it's like. Come on, help me. The third thing is this. I'm going to get out of your way. You guys can go and come on is we see that God provides love, truth, and restoration. Restoration. God provides the sacrifice to restore the relationship. He covers our nakedness. He hides our shame. And here's the thing. God is good. God cares. And so the one thing that I want you to leave here thinking about today is what I, my decisions about God determine my relationship with God. This is what God does. God loves us. He speaks truth over us. And he restores us. He restores us. What you believe about God will determine your relationship with God. Let me read this one verse to you. We're going to put it up here, and then I'm going to be done. Psalms 107, verse 1 through 8. Look at this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? What's it say? Come on, help me. For his steadfast love endures what? Forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You better keep some redeemed in your life. Somebody better build a fence. Listen to what I'm saying. Somebody better build a fence. I don't build a fence because of legalism. I build a fence and I have put people in this fence to help me because I know, come on, listen, I drift. And so I have my wife. I have my prayer life. I have the Holy Spirit. I have uh, an overseer, Tim Brooks. I have uh, Pastor John from Texarkana. I have men in my life, other people in my life, and I have strategically, listen to what I'm saying, put 
people on this fence around my life so that when I begin to be discouraged and think that God is not coming through or he's not doing it fast enough or God is not moving, when I begin to drift, I drift into the Lord says so. I drift into people who call out what God's doing. I drift into people who say, no, no, let me tell you about the goodness of God. And I may feel in this moment that God is not good, but then these voices begin to come in my life. And I can tell you, if you have no fence, you are not walking in who God has called you to be. You are only as strong as you're around the people who say so. Let the Lord say, come on, come on, let me tell you what God's done. I don't think he's doing anything. Well, let me tell you what God's done. Okay, okay. And I overcome, come on, by the word of their testimony, I'm like, okay, let's go again. Let's go again. When I drift over here, I have run into a fence. And when I drift over here, I run into a fence. And then when I drift over here, and here's what happens. When you make that fence, you begin to grow. Come on, somebody. For he who has redeemed from trouble and gathered from lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south, some wandering in desert waste, finding no city to dwell in. Come on, I believe there's some people here that you are wandering. You are wandering. You haven't found that city to dwell in. You are waiting for something and God wants to bring you and plant you and grow you and see something. But here's the thing. I want it quick and I want it my way. And if God does quick in my way, then he's good. Come on, help me. Dwelling in the city, hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted from within them, and they cried out to the Lord, come on, in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress, and he led them in a straight way until they reached the city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, come on, and his wonderful, wondrous works to the ch children of man. I believe that God wants to do something in your life. What do you believe? What you believe about God determines your relationship with God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.